welcome to the edition podcast with me, Charlotte Henry. I'm really excited this week to be joined by Sigmund Judge from Screen Times. Hi, Sigmund. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, I, I'm yeah, no, I'm so pleased to have you on the on this new show. So pleased to have. We've got a lot to get into, and there's a couple of things I really want your take on. But there's only one place to start, isn't there? And that is the Oscars. No, not that bit of the Oscars. We're going to talk about the bit that happened 45 minutes later. Uh, it was about 40 minutes later, wasn't it? It was uh, Apple, well, Coda, which is on Apple TV Plus, getting the Oscar for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. In so doing, it became the first streamer to win that particular award. Netflix obviously has a bucket load of awards, but this is the big one and they've not got it yet. And Apple has kind of steamed in and got it. Uh, we should also notice that uh, Coda is the first film with a predominantly deaf cast to win that accolade. Troy Kotzer is the first deaf male actor to win an Oscar, and he's won throughout Oscar, uh, awards season. Um, and Coda, which was written by Sean Hedder, Sean Hedder was uh, voted Best Adapted Screenplay as well by the Academy. So it's a huge, huge, huge night for uh, Apple TV Plus and for the film Coda, whichever way you cut it, isn't it? Oh, very much so, very much so. Um, and, and you know, like, a, 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 I think a perfect ending to the story of the film, mm-hmm. um, you know, ha- how it was acquired. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just, just in general, I thought it brought a, a light um, to what has been a very difficult few years for the industry, I think. Uh, it has been difficult few years for the industry. Um, I think it's worth saying that Apple TV Plus and the other streamers have rather capitalised on that over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But yes, filmmaking in lots of ways has been difficult. Um, and you, you mentioned it's, it's story, the story of Coda um, and how it's been acquired. For people who haven't seen the film, it is about... Uh, the daughter, the own the daughter who's the only hearing member of a deaf family. Uh, they run a fishing business and are basically told that they need a hearing member around to to maintain that business. Uh, except the daughter has a dream, is very talented in music and has a dream of leaving to go and pursue that dream. And it's all about that conflict and how the family deals with it and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Um no doubt it's getting lots of extra streams now that it's uh, been hit, you know, arrived at, on the big time with the Oscars. But you mentioned also the story of how it was acquired. Uh, remind us of that. Yeah, so um, Sundance Film Festival um, in 2021, which I got to see the first screening, first virtual screening of, I think it was just at the end of January. Um, and the premise of the film and everything kind of tied in um, with it felt very much like uh, something that was quintessentially Apple with, with regard to their intentions right. for the space, giving giving a voice to stories that hadn't been heard. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you look at what Apple have done since 2019, there has been a lot of big names, um, albeit. But there's also been a number of shining stars that have, uh, I, I'd say, um, evolved 
uh, during that time. Sean Hader being one. Um, obviously, she was a writer for uh, Orange is the New Black, um, but then also wrote one of the best episodes of Little America uh, from season one. And um, this is uh, her project. It was a project that uh, was an adaptation of a French film um, from 2014. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful film that got some help from Pathé and a few other, already had a few international deals going into Sundance Film Festival. Apple purchased it um, after a, a couple of emails between Sean Hader and Matt Dentler, who's the head of Apple Original Films and uh, the acquisitions uh, team over there. Um, and they purchased it for 25 million initially. And then they had to also buy the rights that were originally sold um, to different international outlets. So uh, it's, it was quite, quite a big deal. First off, the most expensive acquisition in Sundance history. It which was, then I remember. Led... Yes, it was a big deal. That was a big deal at the time, Apple putting this much money. Even though in kind of big filmmaking terms, the amount Apple spent on this film as a whole, including what we understand is, what was it, a $10 million uh, Oscars campaign? Um, mm -hmm. Which is which is small fry, really, when it comes to the Oscars right. campaigns. Right, and, and the whole thing, really, you know, in terms of what you might spend on a smash hit movie, uh, was very small, but it's had this amazing breakthrough effect, hasn't it? I think the whole campaign really anchored on two things. First off, people loved seeing the cast collect those awards, mm -hmm. right? That that little family that had been um, put together for this film. I think also, you know, a heartwarming film and during this climate was a much needed antidote to the last couple of years. And on top of it, if we know anything about the Academy and I guess the age range of it, the other front runner, Power of the Dog from Netflix, mm -hmm. um, there was some criticism from some of the Academy members just in terms of, um, I guess, the approach to a Western um, and how uh, it didn't really hit with a lot of people um, who, who liked the traditional Westerns. So I think there were a number of elements here, but also I just thought the timing of the campaign was executed really well. Um, this is as much politics as it is, uh, it, you know, film fandom. It is. You're absolutely right to point out all those things, but it is, um, there is something, you know, it is a special film in lots of ways. And I think mm. you were talking about the acquisitions process. And this is something mm -hmm. I want to pick up on. And when we were just kind of, texting off air and whatever planning what we were going to talk about today uh, I said to you do you think it matters that this was an acquisition this is not you know it's come under eventually the Apple TV plus umbrella but it wasn't made directly in the Apple factory it's something they spent money on do you you know mm. it wasn't created by someone who has a first look deal with them or something for that film um do you think that matters do you think it I kind actually, of diminishes Apple's claim no. of being the first streamer to win an Oscar? What, you think, no, no if, if, any, if anything, I actually think it does the exact opposite. Okay. I think it matters. I do think it matters. 
But I think it matters in the sense that, you know, just just like other streaming services, I think it's really important that they are looking at creators, new creators, new talents, and these stories that otherwise wouldn't be heard you know, um, without an Oscar campaign and and really showing faith in what was a small family movie, um, I, I think it is actually very important and I don't think it diminishes things at all. I think, if anything, it gives a better outlook as to what Apple were trying to achieve in the space. And I think this could also open up the doors you know, for for more uh, representation when it comes to deaf actors mm-hmm. um, and actresses, and um, I hope to see more of it. To be to be quite honest with you, yeah, I mean it's made a huge breakthrough. As I say, it's done amazingly throughout uh, awards season, and I I I I was slightly asking the question facetiously because I think I agree with you that actually. If anything, if it makes any difference, it is in this instance a positive for Apple that they put their money and their name behind a film like this as opposed to, you know, and didn't let it go to another studio or streaming outlet or whatever. And I think that does matter. Um, I also think it's a really big moment. I thought it was big moments when Apple first got recognized by various awards. And this has happened mm-hmm. at period, you know, the morning show got stuff and then, you know, Ted Lasso's cleaned out everything and so on and so forth. But I think this is another really big watershed moment, actually, to have beaten, you know, this is something Netflix has worked on and worked towards for years and wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone thought Apple was, you know, I remember this and it, it's easy to kind of forget, but remember the atmosphere around Apple TV Plus launching. And everyone was a bit like, what's this? Why am I spending money on this? Oh, they've got a show with Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon. Okay, great. I'll watch that and cancel. Like, who cares? Why? I don't need to spend another five pounds. Mm. Um, Your take. <laughs> no, it wasn't oh, yeah. my take. Okay. Actually, I was quite up for it. But I remember that being the general commentary. And I remember the first set of reviews for lots of the shows being absolutely terrible um, before mm. really people got to have a look at them. The initial set of critics reviews were not positive at all, as I recall. And then, you know, people got, uh, you know, people got to see stuff and make their own judgments. Um, it absolutely wasn't my take. Actually, I was always quite excited about it, particularly once we had that event where all the stars turned out and everything else but I remember the atmosphere around it and it's taken Apple I think a remarkably short time to be taken seriously in this space and for people to go oh no this is not just a vanity project from a big tech company we have to take this thing and the thing stuff it's putting out we have to take it seriously Um, and there is no higher accolade to that than winning best uh, you know best picture at the Oscars I think the sharp difference between Netflix and Apple in the space is that Netflix has always been kind of seen as, you know, pumping out, yeah, okay, putting lots of money into the industry, but pumping out a ton of content, right? And looking at it more as content rather than, I would say, 
the kind of love fest to creators that Apple give um, in in terms of the time, the budget, um, and making sure something is right. And their approach to creators, I think, is quite different. I also think that, you know, there has been a long history, um, you know, relationship-wise between the film industry and Apple, not just because, you know, they have the device, they make the devices that oh, most Steve. of the creators create their, yeah, well, Steve their, their output are, on. You know, Bob but, but even, even on the board of Apple for years and years and years. But, but even going further, the product placement, the kind of deals that helped fund a lot of films for years and years and years. Um, you know, I think they're all big big parts of the story um, yeah no i think that's it i hadn't really thought of that element of it but i'm sure you're right um and i guess apple ha- in the kind of things you're describing in terms of you know it can throw more money at smaller projects and you know a smaller number of projects i should say and give such projects more time the truth is that is because this is not apple's main business mm-hmm, exactly it, you know it doesn't have to stick to the timelines. It has to stick to where make with your Mac and your iPhone and keep this stuff rolling out at high pressure. You know, if something takes six more months till it's perfect, it really doesn't matter to Apple. If it costs a couple million more, it really doesn't matter to Apple, does it? We shouldn't pretend that Netflix has not won awards. There's lots of award ceremonies where the biggest winner overall is Netflix. You know? sure. So we, we shouldn't dismiss that. But this is obviously uh, a big standout thing to win Best Picture. Or, or at least it was for Netflix, okay. right? Before the competition started coming, you've got Prime that uh, started taking taking some awards, Apple now um, coming and taking some of those awards. So I think uh, for a long time, Netflix were kind of unchallenged in that space with regard to the budget yeah. and everything they were able to give. Uh, and Netflix could legitimately make the point that they have made it acceptable for um, industry and critics associations and so on to take stuff on streamers as serious as they take stuff that appears in cinemas. Now, again, obviously the last mm-hmm. couple of years and large parts of which cinemas have not been open has changed that significantly. You know, it, w- it was totally unrealistic to pretend that you couldn't, you know, recognize things made on that went to streaming services or whatever um and of course coda did have a small run in cinemas didn't it, it had mm. a very which i think does it have to still do that to qualify for the oscars have they kept that i believe going? so i believe so but i think that was one of the great things uh, part of the campaign you had the free coda screenings mm. um that you know had the hard uh, subtitle well hard captions um and they were great uh, as did the tragedy of Macbeth, which uh you know it just wasn't i think for the people that are involved it just wasn't their year fantastic film i i think it you know it does make a difference the, these breakthrough moments that for all the groundwork netflix has laid it you know it never won this award this stuff matters and you know to to break through as a streamer, everyone assumed the first one to win this be- picture would be um, would would be Netflix, and it just hasn't been. And mm-hmm. there's been increased competition over the years, but we can't pretend this stuff 
doesn't matter to to Netflix. It, it clearly does. Um, I think yeah. In terms of prestige, I think it matters. I think right. it matters also when when the subscription prices are going higher and higher. Um, whereas Apple are able to stick to four dollars ninety nine and throw in live sports now as well. Yep. Um, so I think that all matters. Um, and I do wonder how companies going forward with, you know, that, that rely on entertainment as their primary business, um, Mm. and streaming, um, where they move forward, obviously, you know, uh, Netflix are experimenting at the moment within games and whatnot. So you can see that they're trying to expand their output. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I guess what we will see is in the next 12 months, Netflix go really big to try and make sure they win best film, best picture next year at the Oscars and, you know, try and make sure they have the thing that will win that. Um, Mm. I I do want, I do want to return to that earlier point actually, because I do think it makes a difference uh, whether or not this is your primary focus, you know, is Coda a commercially viable film? I'm not sure it was before it won an Oscar. It might be a wonderful film and it was a cheap film to make in relative terms, but it is not, you know, it's not the equivalent of something like Red Notice, which is big stars, blockbuster movie over Christmas. You know, everyone's just going to sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. Code is not that film. And Apple has the space, Apple TV Plus has the space to offer that kind of thing, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting take, just in the sense of obviously you see a lot of um, a lot of the TV shows that people coming back time and time again each week uh, to devour. Um, they are harnessed by a lot of star power, and I can see obviously we see that in films as well. But I think the film side is a lot more experimental, a lot more open um, to giving new faces a chance to rise. Um, I also think it's quite interesting that, you know, this is, this, uh, award win obviously wasn't the only award win. There was a uh, best adapted screenplay at the Oscars yeah. as well. Yeah. One no, by Sean Hader. Um, and she was the first woman to win the category on her own since Emma Thompson in 1995. And, um, the first to, uh, win on their first nomination, as well in the space and then obviously Troy Kotzer won uh, for best supporting actor no I'm glad you refocused actually on the win for Sean Hader because that is as big a win as anything else really it's a huge Mm -hmm. category um obviously uh Marley Matlin is a quite a big star on her right but she's the only one really you could say in the Coda cast was really well known before this film yeah yeah but then i think her 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 oscar win because she she won an oscar was in i think 87 um so yeah i, I whilst whilst recognized you know she's, she's not, been in a bunch um, of, she has front, been in front of stuff after that as well um and so uh, it was just overall then a rather historic night um and we'll just 
So it was a historic night for Apple TV Plus and streaming services, I think, and not get into any of the unpleasantness. Although I will say, I suspect if you're Apple TV Plus PR, you are pretty cross that another story has overtaken your big night. I suspect that has not gone down all that well. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, about kind of screenings with subtitles and so on. And there, there were some very special screenings of the film that Apple put on. Um, I want to move slightly. This is much more self-indulgent than the fundamentals of interpretation and subtitles for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. But um, mm. so we had Pachinko come out recently. Have you had a chance to dig yes. into that? What's your take? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, just cinematography wise, storytelling wise, it? yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely stunning. Um, you know, kind of mentioning awards, Emmy awards, one hundred percent. Um, gonna be hey, there. Did you hear everyone uh, hear that? The Emmys. Sigmund has called a hundred percent. Are we saying nominations or wins? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Well, I'm gonna say it's gonna pick up some wins. Okay, for Sigmund's sure. Called it. For sure. We- uh, this 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 will be clipped and played out whether he's right or wrong later on. Well, um, currently standing at like I think a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so blimey, or close um, to so. It it's your it is beautiful. Your app that's the first thing that struck me when I started watching it. It is absolutely beautiful in a way that lots of the Apple shows are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely stunning. Uh, there are two things I don't like about it. One is an Apple problem. One, I think, is my problem. One thing I'm not that keen on, Apple has done this in other shows where kind of various timelines are depicted in parallel. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's always... I think the jumps are sometimes a bit sharp between timelines, Um, particularly in the opening episode. I think you sort of... It takes a little bit more effort than is necessary to realize that you're jumping between times and it's the same character you're seeing over different decades and so on and so forth you get into the rhythm of it and it you know once you've what it all becomes fairly apparent but i think it's a little bit clunky given how smooth everything else in this show is the other thing, and this is really, I'm going to be honest, this is why I basically got you on the show, is because I want to have a whinge about a TV app, TVOS thing. Okay. Um, when you t- So Pachinko is in three different languages. It is in sure. Korean, it is in Japanese, and there are bits in English. Um, the th- What happens, though, is you... And it tells you that as, as the show starts on the first episode, it tells you it's going to be and gives you a little hint. I was watching it in the Apple TV app from my Mac. And it tells you, gives you the logo to click on to make sure you're in the right language. Um, the thing is, it takes a little bit of fiddling. It takes, you know, okay. do you want to set the language to Korean and then the subtitles in English? Do you, are you missing some of the kind of authentic Japanese conversation if you do that? It's a little bit clunky, I felt. Whereas over on Netflix, it makes it clear if a, if a film was not originally shot in English, it makes it clear what the original language is. So there was a film I flicked on 
the start, I could tell straight away it was dubbed. Um, and then you look at the language option, it says French and in brackets original. And I think Apple could make, given that this is all Apple's ecosystem, it could make that mm -hmm. kind of thing a little bit easier, particularly, uh, you know, I'm sure we know it's interested in doing stuff in multiple languages, it's done Spanish language programming already. Obviously, this is in, as I say, multiple languages. Um, surely it could build some stuff into the OS and the app to make that a little bit cleaner. Or am I, I agree with fussy? you. Oh, okay. I thought you no, were going to tell me I, I'm being I, fussy. I, I, no, I agree with you. I think um, subtitles and captioning definitely needs some improvement on the OS side, at least on Apple TV. I have to admit, I don't have too much too much experience with this particular title on the TV app on Mac. Um, but I, I think there's definitely some improvements that need to be made. I'm not too sure if that's a, a visual thing at least on tvos um you can customize the subtitle style and everything else where i think the work needs to be done is actually in the pacing of captions and subtitles okay. um to make it easier for people um that really rely on um subtitles and captioning whether that's foreign language or not uh, yeah, you're slightly talking about an access from an accessibility point of view as well as just uh, mm -hmm. Charlotte's Korean is not very good point of view. <laughs> yeah, um, so I think there's a lot that can be done to improve the experience. Um, I also think just and and hopefully that answers your question yeah. i don't think it's a charlotte problem where i would like to see things move forward and where i think coders legacy could really be cemented within the space is to see apple offer asl and bsl uh for their programming uh, america's um, it sign was something british sign language Yes, yes, sign language. Um, I think is a, a really important thing from an accessibility are you, point. Are you literally talking about a kind of interpreter kind of yeah, superimposed let's, let's in, the, in a corner like we sometimes see on live television and news television? The, the way I look at it is it would harness picture-in-picture in, picture mm -hmm. in a way um, that I feel every streamer should be doing already. Um, and yep. you know, if, if, uh, an interpreter is good enough to be at an award show, um, and is good enough to be on the side of the stage of a Weezer concert at WWDC, then I think an interpreter has a space, uh, within the service. Uh, so that's what I would really like to see because, you know, otherwise representation is one thing with Coda um winning an oscar and and all of that um but i think in terms of the bigger picture that would uh, really help deliver and cement how important that community is to us it would be a huge uh game changing it would be a very significant step forward i mean uh, it's not for for, for me to comment on behalf of uh, the deaf community but and you know maybe just it's one of those things that's so embedded that people are just comfortable reading subtitles but yes I, I see no reason why if you can watch an hour presentation where they have a 
uh, interpreter that you can't do it for a 90 minute or two hour film. I, I think one of the one of the big things also is just on a personal experience. Um, when my mum moved to this country, she didn't know any English and she really learned and perfected her English through television. Sure. I wonder if the same could be said as an educational tool for sign language. Um, Great point. With that addition. Yeah. So um, it, you'd, I guess once you started, you'd have to do it for everything. But is that mm -hmm. such a bad thing? You do subtitles for everything. So, you know, this is not, it, it's a really interesting idea to be thrown out there. Um, well, as I say, we'll, we'll wrap up, but it's been really quite a historic few days for Apple TV Plus, the streaming, and for everyone involved in Coda, um, you know, picked up, as, just to recap what it picked up, actually, because I think we can't overemphasize the significance of the awards it did pick up. Um, it won Best Picture. Troy Kutzer won uh, Best Supporting Actor and is the first deaf male actor to do so. Uh, and Sean Hedda won Best Adapted Screenplay for that. Overall, then, Apple TV Plus is the first streamer to get have one of its properties win Best Oscar. It's, it's a huge moment forward, and I'm glad. I, I hope this show didn't sound too self-indulgent, but it was a moment to reflect on, I think. And it will be fascinating as you could have, have no doubt that all the studios and the streaming service have already started looking to the next Oscars campaign already. Um, of course. And it, and it will be fascinating to see how anything is recalibrated following this win and you know whether it means the Academy takes streaming services and streaming offerings more seriously, whether netflix really goes all in on making sure it wins an oscar you know best picture next year it's gonna it's gonna be fascinating to watch or whether apple delay the release of the emancipation uh ah. so we'll see well yeah i mean apple gonna put through you know put up one of have its oscars film each year but yes thank you so much for joining me sigmund it's always great to catch up with you and it's great for you to reassure me on a my apple tv app and apple tv os woes um, where can people keep up with you uh, well you can find me my writing and uh, the podcast magic rays of light over at screentimes.net wonderful thank you so much for joining me i'm at charlotte a. henry on the twitters and of course you can keep up with everything from the edition uh, newsletter and podcast at theedition.substack.com uh, please do subscribe um, and we will see you next week.